So we're going to be in, in Romans chapter 4, and stand with me as we read a portion of Romans chapter 4 together today. It's on page 1197 in, in the ESV Pew Bible. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Let's pray. God, we just pray um, today over this time that we are going to be studying your word in Romans chapter 4. And we continually ask you to open our eyes, to open our hearts, to open our minds to receive your truth. God, we pray for just every one of our hearts here today and our connection to you through the Bible. And we ask that that connection would grow stronger and stronger um, and that you would help us to, uh, to just continue to have a, a growing passion and love for you uh, that we find in, in the truth of your word. Uh, so we, we pray against uh, uh, all that Satan does to cloud our, 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 our minds, to get us to not believe in your word, to get us to live in disobedience to your word. And we just pray for your help day by day. So bless us as we study this truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And so as we get, begin to, uh, to study uh, the chapter 4 of Romans today, um, just uh, to start off with, it's going to be a lot about Abraham. Um, and so if you don't know Abraham, you can begin to, to study uh, Abraham in, uh, in Genesis around chapter 22. Um, and, uh, uh, or maybe that's where he is buried. But anyways, from, just study the book of Genesis and you'll find Abraham and, um, and, and be able to grow in your understanding of who Abraham was and all that God did through his life and through Sarah's life. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and that will help us in studying that. But Abraham is, is the founder of the nation of Israel. Uh, God called Abraham out. Uh, he, was, he was a pagan. He, he, was, he was raised by pagans. And God called him out uh, in that world uh, uh, you know, and, and separated him and called him to start a new life and to start a new nation that glorified God. Uh, and so it starts off then talking about that. What do we gain? Uh, what shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh. Um, And so he says in verse 2, For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. Verse 5, And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. 
So he begins starting off talking about being justified, not by what Abraham did, but by who he believed in, by who he listened to. So we kind of have a summary here in your sermon notes of verses 1 through 8. And it's this, Abraham is in a right relationship with God, is what Paul is teaching the Romans. He's in a right relationship with God because he has faith in God, not because he earned a right relationship with God. And that's a very important point, that we, have, that we get into a right relationship with God because we have faith in what God has done in sending His Son Jesus Christ to die for us on the cross, in raising Jesus from the dead. We have faith in God because of what Jesus Christ has done, and we've believed in the Son, Jesus Christ. We've believed in God, not because we earned that relationship with God. And so Paul is stressing that in those eight verses. Um, and, uh, and so then beginning in verse 9... It says, is this the blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. Faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the signs of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised, so that righteousness would be counted to him as well. And to make him the father of the uncircumcised, who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. So that outward act of circumcision, which marked the males of the Israelites, He's not talking about that. He's saying the inwardness, the faith that he believed in is what helped him and saved him. Verse 13, the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is in the adherence of the law who are to be heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath. But there is no law, uh, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. Verse 16, that is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only the adherent, the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the, to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. So once again, Focusing then the law, which they, you know, the, 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 a lot of the Jewish people, the Israelites in Paul's day and in the day of Jesus, they claimed to be so they could follow the law. But what Paul is saying is no one does that. What the law does is show us we're worthy of the wrath of God. Shows us we're worthy of punishment because we have broken the law of God. But he goes in here, he begins to say, but it's by grace 
by grace through faith that we're saved. And so uh, it's important that we, we define that. So our next point in our sermon, though, what is grace? So grace is the favor or kindness shown without regard to the worth or merit of the one who receives it and in spite of what that person deserves. So grace is that, that favor that is unmerited from God. Uh, God blesses you with His favor. Uh, God gives you worth. Uh, you receive merit through God even though we don't deserve it. Even though we don't earn it. Even though we cannot earn it, we are given this wonderful gift of grace. And of all the things we have to be thankful for in Thanksgiving season, grace mercy and uh, in the birth of Jesus Christ reminds us of that grace that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us so you know remember that pray about that you know think through that definition of faith and have your own ability have the ability to tell somebody what grace is because we need to understand that deeply that we have this favor from God that we didn't earn that doesn't come to us because we have a, a, a family heritage, a Christian heritage in our family. It is the, the unmerited wonder and favor of God. And so grace is what put Abraham in a right relationship with God, not the law. So that's a summary of verse 9 through 17. Uh, it is grace that put Abraham in that right relationship, not the law. You and I cannot follow the law without grace, without the power of God, without a new life and a new heart given to us by Jesus Christ. We're going to fail um, every day at trying to be godly people, at trying to shine the light of God in the darkness of this world. It is only by His grace that we, uh, that we are able to do that, that we're able to overcome sin, shine the light of Jesus in this world. And, uh, and that's something that we should always uh, share. If you're, if, if you're going to err in something, uh, err in grace, right? Be gracious to people. Share the love that God has given you. And then he picks up in verse 18. He says, In hope, he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations. So once again, this is Abraham. He's called out uh, in, uh, to establish a new nation uh, that follows God, that's faithful to God. He says that, that in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith. When he considered his own body, which was good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. So God called Abraham and Sarah, and Sarah could not have children, and God promised him she was going to have a child, and then his descendants would be as numerous as the, as the stars in the skies, the sand on the, on, the, on the seashore. He says, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us 
who believe in Him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. So Paul brings that all of Abraham's life through to the life of Jesus Christ, the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he says here in these verses that Abraham is justified, which is an important word to understand as you grow in, in, in understanding God and uh, in salvation. Uh, and justification is the process by which sinful human beings are made acceptable to a holy God. So we become justified before God. Made uh, new before God. We enter into a state uh, that we are able to have a relationship with a holy and righteous God. And so that's what justification is. So Abraham is justified by resurrection power, not human effort. God didn't choose Abraham because he was a good, better than everybody else, or he, uh, he was more talented or better looking or any of those things. He chose Abraham because he knew he was a man who had a heart that would believe in him, that would trust in him, that would believe in his resurrection power, in his ability to bring life to Sarah's dead womb, in his ability to, uh, uh, to do all those things. So we're saved by faith. By grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. And, and what a challenge it is to us to, to really believe that. Uh, and I encourage you to, to think through that. Uh, because we, we so often uh, lose sight of what truly saves us. And so just in Sunday school uh, with our junior high class, we, we studied a definition of faith that I, should, I don't have a slide for, but I'm just going to read it for you. Biblical faith uh, is the, the resting or trusting in Christ alone for salvation. So biblical faith. Uh, faith is a word that people use all the time, so let's, let's, let's talk about biblical faith. You rest, you trust in Christ alone for salvation. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone are we saved. It's more than simply a mental agreement of historical facts which is where a lot of people that attend church are. Oh, I, I believe that God exists. I believe that Jesus came to earth. I believe He rose. These historical facts, but faith is more than that. Genuine faith begins with a recognition and confession of the truth of the gospel, followed by a receiving of Christ as Lord and Savior of one's life. So not only do I recognize those truths of history, but I start to confess that this is my truth, this is, uh, this is who I follow, this is who I believe in, and I receive Christ Jesus, not only as, uh, as my Lord, right, uh, but as my Savior, but also as my Lord. He is the boss. He is now in control of my life. I want to do what He leads me and calls me to do. And it says that biblical faith is not blind faith, for it rests on the historical life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So biblical faith is not like believe in Santa Claus or whatever because Santa Claus never existed, right? What, what Jesus is, is He came to this earth. He has this historically documented, even by secular historians, that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again. And so we are saved by faith. 
by putting our trust, by resting in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. So our next sermon note, the, the people Paul was writing to, they had attached themselves to Abraham. And so think about that, um, kind of like Jamie, you know, her daughter was attached to her a minute ago, right? And uh, didn't want to let go. Uh, and and that's, what the, the, that's what these Israelites had done. Uh, they had attached themselves to Abraham. Uh, and, uh, and, and they had believed that Abraham's righteousness would save them. Uh, and, uh, and Paul's making it very clear to them that Abraham's righteousness didn't come through just being Abraham. It came through his faith in God, not in his works for God. Uh, and that's, that's the, the human condition is we, we want to work our way to heaven. We want to get there because we're better than other people. We want to get there because we're good enough and we've done enough and we've earned our right to be there. And, uh, and that's not the gospel. That's not biblical. Uh, that is not what God ever intended. Uh, is not that we try to earn it, but that we receive this gift from God that we cherish and we cultivate, uh, and, it, and it transforms our life. And so the, the people in Paul's day, they had grown so attached to that idea that somehow they could keep the law, that somehow they could, uh, they could get you know, what Abraham had. Uh, and, and people still do that today. Oh, I'm saved because I'm a Baptist, or my grandma prayed for me, or whatever else it is, and that's never the truth. True, uh, true salvation comes by faith, by grace through faith. In Hebrews 11, the Bible teaches about the faith of Abraham. And so that's a great summary. If you haven't been able to read Genesis and study the life of Abraham there, Hebrews 11 gives you a great summary. But it teaches about the faith of Abraham, not the righteousness of Abraham. Not that Abraham was some special righteous person, but he was special because he believed in God. So by faith, he believed. Abe believed in God in, in Hebrews 11.8. By faith, uh, he obeyed. Uh, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise. So by faith, he, he stepped away from all that he knew of his family and friends and community, and he went out where God called him to do it, and he did that by faith. He believed in what God could do. And he went to live in the land of promise. By faith, Hebrews says that Abraham sought for the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith he did that. Uh, he built, just like Brady Sheridan Kid sermon, he built on the solid rock of God. By he, he sought a city whose foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And then by faith, Abraham's wife Sarah received power to conceive. And that was an amazing miracle of God that these people, uh, in, in way old, right, very old, uh, unable to have children ever, and then she conceives in her old age and gives birth to a child. Uh, and uh, and what an amazing, uh, you know, testimony that is uh, to Abraham, to Sarah, and uh, that that miracle begins the nation of Israel. And by faith. Abraham was tested 
And so after he has that child, Isaac, he's then called to, uh, to sacrifice Isaac on the altar. And he does that. He's willing to, or he almost does that. He's willing to do that. He's willing to sacrifice his son. And you might say, why would he do that? Because he believed in the resurrection power of God. He believed in the resurrection power of God. So he was able to lay his son, his only son that he had waited so long for, and to raise that knife. And then God said, don't. And, uh, and God provided a lamb uh, that was sacrificed instead. Uh, and so as we look at those scriptures and we think about Romans chapter 4 and Hebrews chapter 11, so much to, to study there and to think through there. But the overall heart of it is that as people, we get attached to things that do not save. We get attached to things that do not save. And, uh, and we often pass those attachment on to our children and, and they pass it on to their children or we pass it on to our friends in, in uh, our circle of influence, whatever that might be. But we get attached to ideas and concepts and, and, uh, and even people. Uh, how often do people get attached to celebrity preachers? And, and, the, you know, the, and they're, they're giving their, their, their money, their time, their whatever to these celebrity preachers that they're never going to know or meet or, or be around, but they just see them on TV and they think somehow that attachment's going to save them. Somehow this, this preacher this, that's on TV is going to save them. Or we get attached to, to religion or we get attached to um, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be saved because I, I go, you know, to this charity every week, or I, or I do these things outwardly once in a while. I, I give money to the Red Cross or whatever it is that I do, and and that's going to save me. But that doesn't save, right? That doesn't. There's no real hope. Uh, there's no real truth in that. Uh, there's so many ways that we get attached to things that have no saving eternal power. They're just, they're just lies. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're just things that are going to pass away. They don't have a foundation built by God. Uh, and, and, uh, and so we're, we're going to lose them someday. And so I want to challenge you as you think through Romans chapter 4, as you think through uh, Abraham's life, and I pray that you do that, what have you attached yourself to? If you, if, you, uh, it, you know, if you look at Romans chapter 4 and just think of all the effort that Paul is going through to try to get these people to hear this message of how they're saved by faith in Jesus Christ, not by works, not by Abraham, not by the law. You're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. It shows us how easily attached we get to things that don't save. And so what have you attached yourself to? What have you attached yourself to that is not saving you, that is not truly helpful to you? Are you in a saving relationship with God by faith in Jesus Christ? By faith in Jesus Christ? Or have you grown too attached to your own self-righteousness to see your need for a Savior? And that's where... The Pharisees in Jesus' day were, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, they were so attached to their own self-righteousness, they crucified Jesus Christ on the cross. The very Son of God, 
the, the grace and truth was there before them in the flesh. And they crucified Him to the cross. And we can get so attached to our own self-righteousness that we get the idea, I don't need a Savior. I don't need Jesus. I don't need God. I can do all of this on my own. We get attached. And so I challenge you today to think about that. And I want to encourage you to think about the cost. To think about what is at stake uh, if you go your own way and you reject God and you choose to try to be righteous enough yourself to stand before an almighty, all-powerful, holy God, eternity is, is at stake if you do that. I'm going to grab my Melani's uh, bucket here and, and, uh, and just remind you guys, it's been a while since we looked at this rope. But with this rope's in a bucket to just remind us that it doesn't have an ending. Just imagine that this rope just keeps going and going and going and going. And, and at the end of this rope, we have this little bit of red tape wrapped around it. Remember that? And so that re represents our life on this earth. If you live to be a hundred years old, like Abraham and Sarah, if you live to be old, and uh, it, it would represent this, probably even smaller, but just so you could see it. Uh, so that's our time in the flesh, in this body. Um, and so uh, if we reject Jesus and we go our own way, we do our own thing, and, and, and we realize that when we stand before a holy God, we have no righteousness. We have nothing good that we've ever truly done that could measure up to anything that would compare to the awesome holiness of Almighty God. So that's our life in this body if we get to live into old age. And this is eternity, the rest of the rope. The rest of the rope of, uh, is eternal life forever and ever with God in His new kingdom where there is no more sin and suffering and, and we live for the Lord and we have wonderful, awesome work to do and uh, in community to be connected to forever and ever with God. And so when we choose our own way, we choose that. I'm going to live this portion of my life however I want to. And I'm going to spend forever in hell separated from God for eternity. And so none of us are good enough. None of us uh, can do enough or be enough to, to stand before the almighty, holy presence of God. Our only hope is that by grace... In Jesus Christ, the wonderful gift of Jesus by faith, by believing in what God has done in sending His one and only Son. Through Abraham and, and Sarah came the nation of Israel. And through the nation of Israel who never got it right, who never got it right, came the Lord Jesus Christ. He was born in a manger, but He didn't stay there. He lived a perfect life on this earth. He died on a cruel Roman cross. He suffered and died. He suffered God's wrath in our place. And He rose from the dead. And He is alive today at the right hand of God. And He's alive today in every heart that believes, that has faith in what God has done. And so we challenge you today, have you truly believed in the Son, Jesus Christ? Is He your Lord? Are you resting and trusting in Him, living by faith, not by works? None of us can boast. 
but by faith in Jesus Christ. If you don't know that you're saved today, as we close with this time of invitation, we encourage you to get real with God. Today, don't wait till tomorrow. None of us are promised tomorrow. Today, invite Jesus Christ into your life. Repent of your self-righteousness. Repent of whatever is in your life that you're attached to, that you know isn't of God, that you know isn't saving. It's destroying. It's leading you into more darkness. Repent of whatever those attachments are. And they might even be religious attachments that are dragging us to destruction. And we need to repent of those things and ask Jesus Christ to give us a saving relationship with God today that is by grace through faith in what Jesus Christ has done. Let's pray together today. God, we just give You thanks that we can gather here in the name of Jesus Christ, in the grace and mercy of You. God, we're so thankful that we have nothing to offer You today, and yet You're so willing to be here, that You rejoice when a sinner repents. All of heaven rejoices when a sinner repents and turns to You, and we pray that that would happen. And we pray that as believers here today, if we've grown attached to things that don't save, that You would help us to rip those things off today. Uh, And that You would help us to truly attach our hearts and our minds and our souls to You. But God, if there's someone here today that's not saved and that burden is on their heart, they know they're lost. They know they need salvation today, that You would help them right now to just say in their own words, Lord Jesus, I believe. Just tell Jesus that right now. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of all my sin, of all the things I've done that are wrong. And I ask You for a new life right now. Save me. And then enter into that covenant. Say, Lord Jesus, from this day forward, I covenant with You that I will live for You that I will grow closer to You, that You will will be my help and my refuge and my strength all the days of my life. God, if someone is praying that prayer of salvation, we are so thankful. And God, we pray for those hearts that are still hard and that still haven't truly come to that place where they're ready. And we pray that You would help them today to, to hear Your voice and respond. But as we close with this song of invitation, Lord, Help us all to truly attach our hearts and our minds and our soul to You and You alone. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.